if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thank you so much for joining the Bob France Authority at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 20th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up on the program in about 40 minutes, 41 we'll call it. We will welcome uh, Congressman Jim Jordan back to our program. He's, of course, Ohio's fourth congressional uh, district representative. He is my congressional representative, and uh, he's got a lot to say about what's going on in the state of Ohio, what's going on at the federal government level as it pertains to A, the COVID-19 or Chinese or Wuhan coronavirus. Uh, we're going to talk about the lockdowns that have been in place. We're going to talk about the lifting of the lockdown starting on May 1st, and we're going to talk about what is being done for small business owners who cannot get the money that they were promised to try and stay afloat during the lockdown. That's right. The PPP, that's the Paycheck Protection Program, is still in peril. It expired, or it ran out of funds, rather, last week. And um, Republicans, including Congressman Jordan, in the Congress simply want to say, let's refund that. It's extremely important. And we're over a week now. Nancy Pelosi has continued to say no. We're not funding that unless we get extras, such as funding the teachers' unions. That's right. She said it three times on yesterday's um, George Stephanopoulos program, talking about putting money in the hands of teachers as well as firefighters and police. This has nothing to do with funding small business owners. Talked about uh, funding hospitals, which is done in separate bills and separate budgets. There is no reason whatsoever other than let's drag out the pain. Let's make the pain last as long as we possibly can for small business owners, for employees, for the overall economy. The more painful it is now, the longer it will take to recover once we get the uh, economy back open again. And the longer it takes to recover, the more damage it does to Donald Trump. Nancy Pelosi hates you. I cannot overstate this, and I've been wanting to say it all weekend to somebody who would listen. Nancy Pelosi hates you. She would rather do damage to do uh, damage to Donald Trump than do positive things for you, business owners and employees. She would rather harm the president politically than help you financially. 
And I'm going to continue to reference the economy as being you. You are the economy. Over and over and over, I've been getting in arguments on social media with people this weekend, saying that I and others, because we support opening the government, and we support an end to the repressive lockdowns and shutdowns and the arbitrary decisions on what businesses are, quote, essential and must remain open, like abortion clinics and pot parlors and lottery terminals, versus which ones are not essential according to the arbitrary decisions of the uh, of the state government i've been arguing with people all weekend long when they tell me that if you want it open you don't care about dead people you don't care about people who are who are dying of of the the covid 19 that's what we've been told again and again and again we don't care i've got news for you we do care. They say, they say you put, they say you put the economy and you put corporations in front of patients and families. Because that's what they think the economy means. The word economy, as said before, is nameless. It's faceless. It's cold. It, it makes it sound like, again, we're talking about, you know, the, the wealthy uh, decision makers on Wall Street. That's not what the economy is as a large picture. The economy is your neighbor who got laid off from his job because his, uh, the owner of the, the, his business, his boss, um, had to let him go because they got shut down. That's the economy. Your neighbor. The, the boss that we're talking about. Not just your neighbor's neighbor, but your neighbor's boss. And possibly his neighbor's. And on down the line, the economy isn't Wall Street. It isn't corporate America. Yeah, we look at the stock market. Yeah, we look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Yeah, we see whether it's rising or falling, and we see that as a good measure of what's happening with the economy. But that's just one measure. And by the way, it matters not because of which corporations are getting rich when the uh, uh, stocks are booming, but which neighbors of yours whose 401ks are invested in those uh, companies and corporations. Which, ones, which one of them are having their financial future secured or put in serious jeopardy? So we're gonna, I'm going to have this fight, and I welcome it every step of the way to anyone and everyone who looks at people like me and like, I presume, many, many, many of you and says, if you support opening Ohio and opening Ohio's businesses, and letting people get back to being in public, that you put profits over people. I'm ready for your fight. For you to say, we don't care about people who are dying. I'm ready for your fight. I will phrase it this way. Do not try to shame those of us who want the government open by saying we don't care about people who are dying simply because we do care about people who are living. We are allowed to care about both. We can multitask. I feel horrible for anybody afflicted with any disease, Chinese coronavirus or otherwise. I feel terrible for people who are sick. I feel even worse for people who lose their lives to illness, which happens every single day. 
thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans died every single day prior to the Chinese coronavirus. Do we mourn for every single one of them? Well, I guess in a general sense, you can say I always mourn the deaths of people, innocent people particularly. Sure. Do we know them by name? No. Are their deaths any less sad or tragic when they die of pneumonia, when they die of flu, when they die from complications related to diabetes and their heart stop, when they die from cancer, when they die from any of a host of other things? They shouldn't be any less tragic. But we don't just slam the brakes on our lives because that is happening. Now it seems what we have done is we have created a mortality animal farm. You remember Animal Farm, right? Some animals are more equal than others. It's kind of a dystopian look at at a futuristic society in which oppression and freedom is going. You know Animal Farm. You read it. But that's the way it is right now. It's a, it's, a, it's a mortality animal farm mindset that is pervasive, particularly among the left. And that is some deaths are more equal than others. All deaths are bad, but some deaths are worse than others. And if, if it's a COVID death, if it's a Wuhan coronavirus death, well, <laughs> you got to stop those first. Really? Death is sad, death is tragic, but death is always. Death is always, and it was long before this virus. And do you know what I would, this is completely um, conjecture, but I would be willing to bet the 99.9999999% of the dying do not want the people who are living to stop. They don't want them to stop. I don't know anybody who says, well, if I can't go on, then none of the rest of you go on. I'm about to die, then everybody else just sit, stay put. I, just, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. I don't believe people who are dying of anything other than the COVID-19 virus believe that. And I don't believe the people who die of the COVID virus want the rest of the world to stop for them. The bottom line is this. People are going to die because of every decision we make as a society, and we never slam the brakes on that society uh, uh, as a result. Dennis Prager said this in a recent column. He made an analogy to speed limits, and I think it was a very good one. He said, do you know how many more thousands of people die on America's highways every year every time we increase the speed limit of a 50-mile-an-hour road to 55, a 55 to a 60, a 60-mile-an-hour 60 road going to 65, and a 65-mile-an-hour road going to 70 or 75, which have, which there are, many, many of. He said, do you know how many thousands of people, more thousands of people die because of those higher speeds? They do, and it's known ahead of time. It's proven that if we kept the speed limits lower, we could save more lives. But they make the decision to increase them for what? Ease of travel, ease of transportation of goods from point A to point B, efficiency, speed, which is money, time is money. We say we are going to put the lives of some people at risk because it's better for the overall gain of society. 
I'm paraphrasing Dennis here, obviously. But what do we do? We increase those speed limits anyway. It's better for society, even though we know some people are going to die. In fact, if you want to take it away from the speed limits and just talk about the automobiles themselves, we could eliminate hundreds, of, I don't even know the numbers, I'd have to look it up. I want to say hundreds of thousands, but i would probably be wrong, it'd probably be millions of deaths in automobile accidents every year. We could save millions of lives by just banning the automobile. Sounds absurd, right? Well, of course it's absurd. Because you realize that society needs to function. People have to go from here to there. And so we run the risk knowing that millions are going to die on our roads every year because of the existence of that automobile. But we don't tell everybody your automobiles are now banned because society needs them. Take that and compare it to the Wuhan virus. Society needs people working. Society needs businesses open. People need to be able to pay their mortgages, their rents, their insurance, their car payments, their kids' tuitions, their utility bills, their health insurance premiums. People have to be able to pay these things. And they can only do that if they're working and making money. And the only way they can work and make money is if businesses are open and people are buying and commerce is happening. And yes, are some people dying? Yup. Just like they are every single day, virus or no virus. Just like they are on every single highway every single day. We're not shutting down the highways. We're not dismantling the automobile industry. We are just saying, everybody be careful. When you get in your car and you get on the road, be a defensive driver. Be careful. Do everything you can to not die. That's what we're telling people. And we're trusting people as adults, even though some of them are kids at 16 and driving, We're telling them to be responsible as best they can and don't die, but we have to put you in this situation because society demands transportation. Why can we not say the same thing about our health? Do we know that some people are going to be in more precarious situations than others? Yes. So what we tell you is is when you go out into the public, be careful, be responsible. Live defensively. You've heard of defensive driving. How about defensive living? Keep your distance. Wash your hands. Do the things that you need to do to remain healthy as best as you can. Just like we tell everybody who takes the wheel. Do the things that you need to do to remain healthy and alive as best you can. Can you control a car that loses its uh, brakes and, and comes careening towards you? And you can't, and it can't stop, and, and, and you could get hit. No, we can't control that. Do the best you can, and let's keep society running. It's 921. Jim Jordan joins us at 948. You can join us whenever you are ready. I've got a lot more to say, and I've got a lot more to listen to, too, from you. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right here, AM 1420, The Answer.
926, the Bob France Authority, good Monday to you. So um, the protests are happening. Not just in Ohio, not just in Michigan. We featured uh, the Michigan, the massive 10,000-plus uh, strong rally uh, outside the Capitol in Lansing uh, last week. Uh, but uh, they're happening in San Diego. They're happening in Washington. They're happening in Ohio. They're happening in, uh, like, continuing in Michigan and many other places. The protests are happening. I've got a um, son who plays high school football, and um, all of his teammates' parents join us in really, really being worried, or at least have been, about whether or not there would be a high school football season this fall. Practice starts in August, season starts at the end of August or beginning of September, um, and we're worried about our kids losing their senior football season. Now, before I go on, understand I'm not suggesting that this is the most important thing when we're talking about life and death and people losing their incomes and so on, but I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> Already... Um, Parents of kids who have uh, springtime events um, are losing them because of the cancellation of school and all school-related activities, baseball seasons, track seasons, proms, graduation ceremonies, you know, commencement ceremonies, parties, all of these things are in jeopardy, if not already wiped out. So I'm not, I'm not saying this for the purpose of uh, looking for sympathy, except to say that they have come to me, or we have discussed, I guess, in circles, sometimes and usually on text messaging, group messaging, um, are we going to have a football season? I'm scared and I'm terrified that we're not going to have a football season this fall. And I've replied to them, I'm not worried. And the reason I'm not worried is the people will never allow this to go on through the summer. And what is this? It's not about the sports angle here, although that's on the professional level. That matters to a lot of people. But I said, if they try to extend this ban on life, and that's what they're banning, is they're banning people from living their lives, earning their livelihoods. If this goes on into the summer, if it goes on into May, and certainly much more so if it goes on into June, you are going to see governors, the governors gone wild that we talked about last week, racing to open their states again. Because the people will be at the door, and they will be screaming with verbal pitchforks and torches. And I say verbal because I, I of course, would never advocate any actual violence, but they would be screaming. And every elected official that was responsible for an economy that has already been destroyed to the tune of 23 million um, unemployed Americans in the last four weeks alone, nearly one million Ohioans, In the last four weeks alone, the people will be going crazy and every elected official will run to reopen things because they know that their own political futures depend upon it. They're not going to allow the entire economy, to the 23 million to become 46 million unemployed Americans, the 46 to become 75 or whatever the numbers may be. They're not going to allow it. They cannot allow the destruction of the U.S. economy, which leads to the destruction of the global economy. They cannot do it. And guess what? I, did, I was off a little bit. We didn't have to wait for June for the protests to happen. We didn't wait have to wait for the verbal pitchforks and torches to be out there out now. And now the question is, is how are the tyrannical authoritarians in some gubernatorial mansions around this country going to deal with it? We'll talk about that next after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. 
936, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Again, thanks so much for being with us. I'm talking about the protests and how, as I said, you know, a lot of people are worried that this won't be open by the fall, that won't be open by the fall, this won't be open by summer, and I, I expressed my optimism that it would be if for no other reason than the American people would not stand for the complete and utter destruction of their lives. We know it's a huge, huge destruction already, uh, but uh, it's something that can be recovered from if we you know, change our course sooner rather than later. And fortunately, as we heard last Thursday from Governor DeWine, yes, they are one of the states, we are one of the states, that are going to reopen on a phase one by, or phase by phase basis, rather, with phase one starting on March 1st, or May 1st. So that's a very important development. Um, so they didn't need all of the protesters to do that. But the protesters are out anyway, because some are saying it's still not fast enough. That's, a, you know, another uh, 10 days. Today's the 20th. That's another 10 days of, of businesses being closed. Let's get it going right now. So anyway, um, I, I felt pretty confident that the people would take matters into their own hands if they had to, and they are. And they're protesting. And you know who doesn't like the protesting all of a sudden? This is what's hilarious. The American left, and by that I mean members of both um, political office or elected office and the media, because they essentially work hand in hand. The American left is usually the champion of protesting. They love. The Women's March on Washington, D.C., in which they disparage Donald Trump and praise abortions. They love the Antifa demonstrations, in which they, uh, the Antifa members uh, all uh, carry uh, uh, Trump, not carry Trump, but they uh, hang Trump in effigy, and they go through various uh, streets assaulting people and ha- attacking people. They love the marches, like the ones in Ferguson, Missouri, on fake, uh, fake news uh, police crimes, as they would call them. They love all of the protesting and all of the marching and all of the galvanizing of their leftist movements as long as they're aimed at Donald Trump or, a short time ago, George W. Bush. They love protests. But now it's not the left protesting. Now it's people who believe in the Constitution, the right to free assembly, the right to free speech, the right to practice their religion the right to carry weapons, etc., etc. In other words, people who are tired of having their constitutional rights, particularly, particularly those enumerated in the Bill of Rights, taken away from them in the name of this public health crisis. And so suddenly it's, you can't protest. As a matter of fact, they're asking organizations that allow the protests to organize to ban them. Do you think I'm making that up? ABC's George Stephanopoulos talking to the Facebook czar, Mark Zuckerberg, asking them to crack down on protests being organized on Facebook, saying that they're harmful misinformation. Listen to this. Is somebody trying to organize something like that, does that qualify as harmful information? We do classify that as harmful misinformation, and we take that down. Um, At the same time, you know, it's important that people can debate policies, so there's a line on this, but... You know, more than normal political discourse, I think a lot of the uh, stuff that people are saying that is false around a health emergency like this can be classified as, um, as, as, as harmful misinformation. 
Nobody's talking about classifying anything. They're talking about organizing protests, saying we are going to meet at the state capitol on this day at this time. Sign in. Let us know if you're coming. So we know how many people are going to be there, blah, blah, blah. Stephanopoulos wants them to take it down, and Zuckerberg agreed, yeah, we should take those things down. It's harmful misinformation for people to go and protest. Suddenly, those who love protesting are against it. Suddenly, those who believe in the right to march and make your point in a loud, traffic-blocking way think that this is a bad thing. And why? Because people are actually demanding, I don't know, their constitutional rights back. And so they want the, uh, the social media lords, the technocrats in the, uh, in the big uh, uh, techno world of, of Silicon Valley, they want them to decide who gets to organize and who does not. Now, this is going to take it a little bit further, what I'm about to play for you. This cluster of, I'm trying to think of the best word to describe the mental incompetence in this group of six commentators and guests on MSNBC. Uh, it's 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 a cluster of the just the 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 unimaginably stupid. I, it's a really lame word. I know. I don't mean to resort to those, but I mean seriously, just intellectually challenged, and more moreover the incredibly vile racists. That's what these people are. It's a collection of racists and mentally challenged individuals who say that the people who are protesting, the ones marching on Lansing, the ones marching on Columbus, the ones marching on Sacramento, the ones marching on in uh, Washington, I'm trying to think of all the other states where we saw this over the weekend. I know San Diego, well, they didn't actually go up to the state capitol in Sacramento. They did in their own local communities. But they're protesting in all, all you know, many different states over this. The reason these people are protesting, say, the racist, um, incompetent individuals on MSNBC is because white people want more black and brown people to die. Um, not making this up. Listen for yourself. One thing I think is really interesting is how these protests have started after all of the headlines the last week or so about the disproportionate effect the virus is having in communities of color. And so what when I look at these protests, what I see are a bunch of white people essentially saying, oh, it's affecting those people. So why do I have to change my life for them? So that's what this is coming down to. Mm. In Boston, the numbers are the same as they are nationally. Um, one of the hospitals, one of the public hospitals, Boston Medical Center, 82% of the COVID-19 cases are either black or Latino. These numbers are real. And I think what you're seeing out there in the protesters, who, by the way, are overwhelmingly white, which people... They're overwhelmingly conservative believers in the Constitution. And considering that 90% of african-americans vote democrat you're not going to see a ton of african-americans marching with a conservative crowd in support of the constitution so stop to act like race is is a factor in the uh makeup of the crowds that are protesting this is a boston college university leftist racist professor what really talking about though it's quite noticeable is that they don't care you know this isn't about you know they're out there waving american flags they don't care about america what they care about is Donald Trump and what Donald Trump has created. They don't care about the people risking their lives to keep this country moving. They don't care about empty, uh, dangerous rebellion. 
All they want is another battle waged for their lost cause. This isn't a protest. This is a temper tantrum. Again, did I mention unimaginably stupid? Did I mention incomprehensibly dim-witted? This woman's a college professor who doesn't have two common sense points to rub together. She doesn't. Neither do any of the rest of them on that panel that I won't play for you now because I have to make room for Congressman Jordan. But these people think that it's not the fact that 23 million Americans in the last four weeks alone had to file for unemployment. That's not what's, what's driving them to get the government reopened, to get the, the, the economy reopened, to get businesses reopened. No, it's not the fact that people are lining up by the thousands at food banks. People who never had to line up at food banks before because they had jobs. That's not what, what's driving them to reopen the economy. Protesting at state houses and at uh, governor's uh, uh, offices. No, 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 no. It's not the fact that people are losing their, their health care. It's not the fact that they're losing their 401ks. They're not losing their college tuitions. It's not the fact that they're losing everything that they have built up by working their A's off for their lives that's driving them to protest to get the economy opened up again. They're marching because they want to see brown and black people die. This is the modern American left. This is how they think. If you can call what they do, whatever that process is that happens between their ears and inside their skulls, thinking, this is how they think. That protesters waving American flags are not trying to get their jobs back and to get their country back and to get their country reopened again. They're trying to kill minorities. This is what these lunatics think. And the sad part is they walk around among us and they vote. With that line of thinking, with that line of logic or illogic, with that line of trash processing between their ears and then pouring forth out of their pie holes, those people actually get votes. And that's terrifying. Jim Jordan next, AM 1420, The Answer. 949, now we continue. AM 1420, the answer time to say good morning to our friend, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. He's my congressman, and he's also my guest each and every Monday here on The Answer. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you again this morning. Good to be with you as well, sir. So there's a lot of, a lot going on right now since the last time we talked. I spoke, I, 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 I kind of jokingly took credit for this because I had uh, Governor DeWine on uh, last Wednesday, and uh, I, I kind of filled his ears with a lot of stuff that a lot of people have been feeling and thinking. And then come Thursday, he decides to open the state back up. So I feel like I did yeah. that. <laughs> did I say that. I say that with a wink and a nod. But seriously, it is important, and I know uh, President Trump uh, made the announcement the same night on Thursday yep. that he is recommending opening it up in by in a phased uh, uh, you know rolling mm-hmm. time, type of process for a number of states. And Ohio is certainly going to be ready for that. What is your reaction to, or how do you feel? about the phased reopening that you are seeing uh, as far as businesses? No, it's great news. I mean, we've said all along, uh, the president said all along, uh, that the cure can't be worse than the disease. Uh, We all know how serious this virus is. We've taken it serious. We're we're doing the best we can. But we also know that you've got to get the economy moving again. You've got to get the economy open again. And um, the the president's template that he's put down, which is uh, three phases, makes a lot of sense to me. So let's, let's get started on it. Let's do it safe. But let's, you know... 
when someone said there were all these, all, the, the economy had all these strong indicators, everything was strong in the economy, all the things were going well, but the most important thing in the economy is people get up and go to work, and we've got to get back to that as soon as possible. And so uh, let's do it safely, but let's do it quickly. Um, quickly is the key uh, for a lot of people. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, even though that it was great news to know that we're going to start out on that slow basis on May 1st, and that's not early enough for some people. They want to see the governor say, let's go right now uh, for at least at least getting phase one started. And they marched and they protested yesterday or the, this past week, rather, in Columbus. They're doing it up in Lansing, Michigan. They're doing it out in California. Mm-hmm. They're doing it in Washington. People are essentially saying enough is sure. enough. Yes, we know there is a virus, but yes, we know more people are going to die and we're going to go broken. We're going to lose our homes if we don't get our jobs back. Let's move this thing. How do you feel about the protesters? Are they being unreasonable? No, I, I think uh, we'll look at Michigan. Uh, I mean, they're reacting to the attacks on, on freedom and, and fundamental liberty. In Michigan, the governor said, so you got a small cabin up on a lake. The, the, the governor was saying you couldn't even travel to your property within your state with your family. What? They're just saying you can go to the store and you can buy X product, but the same store you maintain the same social distance. You can't buy this other product. So I think one of the great things that happened last week was the, the memo from the attorney general, where the attorney general said, "Look, it was it was it was in defense of liberty and specifically in defense of religious liberty." And he it basically said, "If you can go to the grocery store and get groceries and, and buy product there and maintain six feet social distance, you can certainly certainly go to a drive-through church service." or a drive-in church service and maintain distance by while you're staying, sitting in your car. So that's what they're reacting to, as well as just this general concept, which is we've got to get back to work. We can't keep spending trillions of dollars in Washington and not have our economy get back up and running so people understand that fundamental fact. Well, it's clear that getting people back to work is the best economic stimulus. Getting businesses yeah. open again is the best economic stimulus. But having said that, the government needs to step in and help because of the damage that's already been done. And let's let's move to the PPP, the Paycheck yeah. Protection Program, that ran out of money last week uh, and expired, if you will. And it should mm-hmm. be so simple to say, let's do that again right now. Let's just do this unanimously yeah. by, by, you know, and I don't know what it's called in the Congress, but uh, unanimous consent. And as you know, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, is not calling people back to Washington. She is sitting in her home in front of a $24,000 freeze, refrigerator freezer, I was told, uh, bragging about the dozens and dozens of $13 per pint ice cream that she is using to soothe her feelings during this quarantine. And she is allowing uh, these small businesses to suffer. Um, they need yeah. this program, and she will not just come back because she wants to pad it with money for other things, including, I don't know why she keeps talking about teachers. And this is not to disparage teachers, but she's saying we need to find money for first responders, firefighters, and police, and hospitals, and teachers. I don't know why, other than it's a nod to the yeah. NEA. Um, what, why is she not letting this thing just get through so that the businesses can be funded? Yeah, because, I mean, they, they never miss an opportunity to try to advance their crazy left-wing agenda. They never miss an opportunity to attack the president, and that's exactly what they're doing here, uh, which is which is terrible because we, we know how serious, as we've talked about many times, how serious this virus is. So, look, I think the, I think the Paycheck Protection Program is going to get passed. There's going to be new dollars funded, uh, new dollars allocated and appropriated for that, that program sometime this week. I plan on going back to Washington either tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, because I think we are going to have a vote on that, and there's going to be there's going to be money go go into that 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 program. Now, the scary thing is what what may get added from the from the Democrats. What what may Pelosi push for? Uh, and that's that's what concerns me. And what concerns me long term is they keep talking about phase four, phase five. They 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 just want to spend and spend and spend. And the answer is, as we just said, is to get the country back to work. 
start phasing it in like the president, like like he laid out last week, like Texas is beginning to do this week. Right. Let's start doing that. Other states are doing the same thing, so let's start phasing. The sooner you get started addressing a problem, the better it is, and, and, and the, the, the sooner you're going to get to, to, to back to a normal. Uh, so let's get started. Let's do it safely, but let's get started ASAP. Well, since you brought that up, Congressman Jordan, um, that kind of goes back to the other question I asked about whether or not, you know, starting on May 1st is early enough. That's what the protesters are saying. They're saying, let's follow Texas. You just brought up Texas. Let's start this right now. Should Governor DeWine, Dr. Acton, and the power brokers in Columbus make the same decision and say, look, starting now, we're going to start letting these businesses open back up again on a safe and reliable and responsible measure uh, uh, method? I'm for I'm for doing it as as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. Um, so you know, Texas thinks that's that's uh, some things now. It depends on the plan, I think, and each individual state's gonna 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 do it their their way. Uh, but I saw where things are happening in Florida and beaches and certain businesses and curbside service and different things that they're doing. So all I, all I'm saying is let's get there as quickly as we can. Let's begin to to open up as soon as possible. Because we know the sooner that happens, the better it's going to be. The the the, the money we're going to save on 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 our national debt. I mean, we're now hitting two, three, four, five trillion dollars. This thing is going to this 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 thing is going to cost. So, uh, and and it was needed, as you said, because we had this virus. Government forced businesses shut down. You have to help businesses because I, I viewed it almost as a taking. So we we had to do that. But let's get back to work. Congressman Jim Jordan, um, amongst other things that Democrats are willing to spend money on rather than funding the Paycheck Protection Program, they're willing to fund illegal aliens. Um, as a matter of fact, in California, Governor Newsom said that illegal aliens in his state will indeed re- be receiving um, relief checks or, or stimulus checks, if you will. Can you explain to me how people who broke our laws, who are living here in violation of our laws and our sovereignty, should be taking taxpayer dollars away from people in order to uh, no. uh, to facilitate their own lawbreaking? No, I can't explain it. No one can explain it. Uh, the only people who try to explain it and try to do it are Democrats. Uh, but th- as I said before, this is what they do. When, when there's a crisis, they look to, to advance their crazy left agenda. So think about what we heard last week. They want to They want to pay illegals. They want to pay states to let criminals out of jail. I mean, Jerry Nadler introduced a bill to do just that. So pay illegals, pay, pay, pay states to let criminals out of jail. They, want to, they, they, they think that abortion clinics should be, be made essential businesses during this time, and they want to stop you from going to church, and they want to stop you from buying a gun. That's what the Democrats want to do. What do Republicans want to do? We actually want to fund the Paycheck Protection Program, and we want to go back to work. And while we're, while we're in the midst of this, this, this terrible virus, we want to protect your fundamental liberty. So that is the contrast today between the parties, and it's sad. And it shouldn't be the case, and we should be working together when we have a major major issue like this in our country. But that's not what Democrats are up to. They're up to attacking the president every day and trying to advance their crazy left agenda. And, and the illegal immigrant issue is probably the, the biggest example of that uh, of any of them. More media reports have been done, Congressman Jordan, indicating that the virus did not originate in a wet market from a bad batch of bat soup that it was um, being experimented upon in a, in a Wuhan uh, bioterror, well, bioterror, bio lab, um, and that shoddy, uh, irresponsible containment practices there in Wuhan uh, led to its release. And then, of course, we know about the cover-up, and then we know, of course, about the failure to contain, which is what has infected the world with this problem. Now, now that we have launched a full investigation, the, those are media reports, yeah. but now the government has launched a full investigation of that. If we find this to be true, 
What are the ramifications? What do we do about it? What, how does China well, pay, that, pay that bill? Step one is we should, we should make sure we're not sending any more American tax dollars to the World Health Organization, which was out chilling for, for, for China in, in the midst of this whole virus. So that, that, that's an easy step. And, and one of the things we should be investing, I got asked by a reporter last week, if, if you were chairman of oversight or, or you were chairman of judiciary, what, what would you be focused on? I said, that's easy. We'd be having hearings on the World Health Organization. How much money have we sent to them over the years? What has that money been used for? Our tax dollars. How did, they, how did that all, what took place with this China issue? So that is, that is something we should be definitely looking into in the oversight committee back to work, doing what we're supposed to do. And, of course, in judiciary community, we should be looking at the religious liberty issue. But, yes, th- there should be impl- uh, uh, ramifications for the actions China took, and there should be ramifications for what the World Health Organization took, because, after all, we're giving them money. So um, that's, how, that's where I would focus right now, and that's what I think uh, the Congress should be doing. Instead of Pelosi in, in San Francisco eating ice cream and criticizing the president, let's come, let's come back to work, and we can have these hearings, and we can focus on these kind of issues. Great uh, advice, and I and I really, really hope people are listening, uh, Congressman. We need to get them back. We need to get that Paycheck, paycheck Protection Program funded again. Uh, we need to put the politics aside. We need to get back to work in the state of Ohio and around the country. Uh, yep. Congress- 